So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start. A controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Uh, it is very good to be a Chelsea supporter lately. It is very good to be a Barca supporter lately as well, as Darren often reminds me the women's team won the Champions League. Darren, happy Tuesday morning to you, my friend. Yes, Jordan. It is also good to be a Christian Pulisic fan because he had quite the eight-day stretch lifting two trophies, right? Like they showed this resume for Christian Pulisic in the pre-match show on CBS two Saturdays from now, my apologies on my throat. I'm dealing with a little bit of a sinus infection, but they said that he had played in finals before, but had never actually lifted any silverware. Well, Jordan, he lifted now two different pieces of silverware on two different continents within the span of eight days. Life pretty good for Christian Pulisic. I don't know who else on planet earth has done that, but Christian Pulisic has, uh, yes, it is Christian Pulisic's world. We are all just living in it. All he does is lift trophies. Take that old stat, burn it to the ground. All he does is lift silverware. Thank God he didn't go to Tottenham because it wouldn't have happened. He went to Chelsea. Um, sorry, I just had to get my Tottenham shot in early because I know a lot of Spurs fans, like they'll just skip the parts where I make fun of Tottenham. So I got to sneak them in now every once in a while. So they, they get exposed to that. Yeah, I mean, not just them. Uh, you, we also got some pushback from the uh, the citizens, the San Diego citizens on our most recent pod. What's their deal, man? I mean, they're just telling us how rubbish Christian Pulisic is. I don't know, man. Our guy just lifted two trophies in eight days. What are you all talking about? I don't know. It seems to be a pretty good week for Christian Pulisic. Pretty good week there. Darren, there's plenty to discuss today. We have USA-Mexico, which for a tournament that I have no idea what it is, Everyone really cared about it, which made it very, very cool. So we do want to talk about that. USA, Mexico, that was just great television, wasn't it? Just beautiful TV. Uh, Loyal are on the road this week. We get a midweek match Wednesday at Orange County. Then again, um, they're going to be at home this weekend against Los Dos, a team that is playing very, very well. Um, there is a bus trip planned from the locals to go up to Orange County. It's their first away day. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, there is some NWSL news here locally. So plenty to discuss on a fun Tuesday morning podcast. Where shall we begin? Well, uh, it was quite. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off already. I know where I want to start. Something I did not even bring up. I had a dream about Nate Abarea last night. Oh, all right. Well, why don't you go horizontal here? Let's analyze the stream. There I am, Darren, asleep in my bed, horizontal, if you will. And in my dream, I'm walking what might be Middletown, which is a new area I did not know about in San Diego. I'm pretty sure it was right in that area, close to Shakespeare's. And I'm walking down the street. Nope, I'm driving down the street. I'm in a car. I'm not doing the driving. It's tough to remember details of a dream, especially a couple hours later. It's now 7.53. Most of you have already forgotten about your dreams. I'm giving you great detail of mine. 
driving down the street in the passenger side in a small car. I see Nate Abarea walking down the sidewalk. And on his shoulder is a monkey. Oh. A, a pet monkey. I don't know what that means. I'll let you analyze that. But Nate's walking down. I yell to him. I say hello. I ask him to come join me. I don't know where I'm going in this dream, but I ask him to join me wherever it is that I'm going. He brushes me off. He wants nothing to do with me. He is in his own world and he has his monkey on his shoulder. He waves to me. So at least Nate acknowledges me in the dream before completely just rejecting me. He acknowledges my existence, which is nice. He like, I'm just like any other human, if you will. And then he just keeps on going. He just kept walking down the sidewalk and that was it. And then I drove off. That was it. So it was a little monkey. It was a little like, uh, yeah. like, like a boo from Aladdin. Okay. So a, a quick search here on, uh, on those who analyze dreams. It is good news. Dream about monkeys. It tells the arrival of new members of the family because you're the dreamer, your role in the life of a child will be crucial. Anything you want to share with us? I have a one-year-old son. Huh. Is that why I'm dreaming about monkeys? I don't know. I don't know. It says you're dreaming about newborn children. I do, that- call, I do call Luke a monkey all the time, so maybe that's why. Anyway, Nate, the point of the dream was that Nate blew me off, which mm. is bullshit. Yeah. So, well, Nate, you have some explaining to do. I'm not happy with you. I don't care that it didn't happen in real life. I'm going to go ahead and be mad at you about what you did in a dream. <laughs> Nate's going to watch this at some time of the night and go, what? What is he talking about? Like, did I just hear what I actually thought I heard? <laughs> so. I think the monkey symbolizes Luca. So what you're dreaming about is Nate. It has Luca and they're walking in Middletown, San Diego together. Nate should be Luca's godfather. That's what it means. All right. Yeah. I'm glad we, we got to the bottom of it. Nate, will you be Luca's godfather? Text me. Um, <clears throat> let's get to the good stuff, Darren. USA, Mexico. Oof. I already said it. Great television, wasn't it? I Even if... There weren't many neutrals watching. (laughs) Everyone pretty much had a side in that one. If you were a neutral, just great television for you. Great television if you were supporting someone. And it was just a lot of fun. It's a wild finish. It was animated. The players were animated. The officials were especially animated in some very big moments. Um, It was something that delivered goals early. There was great response. There were star players stepping up. It was just a great experience overall. Yeah, I thought so too, right? Like, you know, we just referenced the Champions League final and you could see some of the world's most beautiful football out there on display. I mean, watching Manchester City, watching Chelsea try to solve that riddle for a third straight time. By the way, Chelsea plays really, really compelling football as well. And then you get USA Mexico and it really wasn't that, you know, like it wasn't really much of that at all. Um, you know, it was a couple of squads that had been put together, hadn't had a ton of time together. The USA is bringing in players from all over the world. Same thing goes for Mexico. The, the majority of their players are playing in Mexico, actually. So there's a little bit more familiarity, but you just sort of like tossed it all out the window. And then like second minute of the match, you know, here comes Jesus Corona just running around one of the U.S. defenders, puts it in. You're like, uh oh. Was not expecting that right out of the shoot. Here we go again. All the U.S. supporters are going to sit around going, man, we got the wrong manager. We're still feeling the impact of not making the World Cup. Mexico's puffing their chests out a little bit, and rightfully so. They've been dominant here in this run. So, like, here we go. And then all of a sudden, then it's almost 2-0. 
if not for the hand of VAR coming back to take a second goal off the board. And then the U.S. equalizes, and it felt like a totally different match. Gio Reyna picks up his first in a competitive match for the U.S. Love the image of his mom and dad celebrating up in the stands. And then it was game on, and, you know, just a wild one. And then three hours later, we eventually had a winner in the first ever Nations League final. All right. I'm glad you finished by saying what that tournament was called because I had forgotten. (laughs) And that is kind of part of my point here. No one cares about this tournament. It's brand new. It was two rounds. You had to play one game. If you won it, you are all of a sudden playing for a trophy. Like that's not a, that is not usually your foundation for this big glorious event that everyone's going to tune into. It's not the champions league final. It's not group play that has this great build up to a final at a neutral location. It's not any of that. This is something thrown together and still, Still, it seemed to me, and maybe I'm being fooled here, but it seemed to me like the players really, really wanted it. It seemed like supporters on both sides were really, really into it. It was just any excuse to get USA Mexico together, especially in this, like in 2021 with these teams, uh, knowing what we have coming up quickly next year, it it just was the right recipe. It really did not matter what the tournament was going to be. You just wanted those two playing. You wanted to see really good football. You wanted to see them really want it. And it delivered across the board. And it just, you're just left satisfied. And you're, even if you lose, maybe it's easier for me to say it because I'm happy with the result. But even if you don't come out on top, like that's just, I think it's a great performance and it's a great indicator for both sides, really. Um, It's being talked about how this could be the moment for Team USA that really pushes them forward. Hopefully, I have no idea. I can't predict the future, Um, but hopefully that's the moment. Um, I thought it was a great moment for both teams, though. I just thought it was just beautiful football. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's interesting because if, if I read correctly, part of the motivation in coming up with this concept for the Nations League was similar to nations leagues in Europe in which you wanted to say, well, why are we playing all these friendlies? You know, why don't we actually put a little bit of stake into this and see if we get some more competitiveness to it, see if we can get a little bit more fan interest, generate a little bit more ticket sales. Right. And if that had just been a friendly, I wonder if the two sides would have gone about it the same way, right? Like if the fans and players and the coaching staff, if the selections would have been the same, I don't know. I mean, it's still USA, Mexico, right? So like that's, the best North American rivalry that we have, the United States and Mexico. So I would tend to believe that those competitive juices based on what's upcoming this summer with the gold cup, even though there's going to be completely different rosters, world cup qualifying coming up in September. And oh, by the way, like, you know, Gio Reyna is 18 years old and Weston McKinney's 22 years old. And we've got some really, really young players who are debuting, who are becoming, you know, cap tied to the U S in this match. Mexico obviously motivated because it wants to extend its run here and and wants to be the giants of CONCACAF. So I don't know if it was just a friendly, I don't know that we would have had that. So as much as, you know, I don't know that I even can explain fully what the nation's league is. And I tried to do it over on radio. I was like, Scott, I don't really know, you know, I mean, but would I have done a segment on that on a radio show? Had it just been a friendly, I don't know. I mean, I guess if it were played the same way, sure but would it have been played the same way if there was nothing on the line? Right. No, and it delivers that way. So it's definitely an improved product because there is something on the line. I guess the only negative potentially could be if you get to a stage where they become so important, 
um, how do clubs respond? Like, will we ever get to a point where clubs are like, I, I don't know if I want you going to play that on your break. Um, I don't think we're even close to that point, but like, that's the only drawback. So I, it delivered, it was very good. It was great television. It wasn't like sexy football, you know, like it wasn't the greatest, but I thought it was a really fun watch too. Like that's still beautiful to me. What, what happened the other yeah. day? That's yeah, just, it just was great across the board. Yeah. And like you said, it was tremendous television. I mean, from the crowd to the goofiness to the, how about the CBS crew? Let's give them a little bit of a yeah. run. Too. I mean, that is, that is a really, really good collection. CBS has figured this out here. They've got the right people on that set. Sounds to me like they got the right people in that booth, but you know, you also get to say this, if you're a U.S. supporter, you, you get to say now you've beaten Mexico in a competitive match for the first time since September of 2013. Think about that. September of 2013. Now that's only a handful of matches and all of them friendlies, but you know, or gold cup, but in, and also beating them in a cup final Jordan for the first time since Landon Donovan was on the team back in 2007. So, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure that, that I saw tons of this on social media from the LP supporters, you know, saying, Hey, good luck with your little Mickey mouse, Disneyland championship. But you guys were trying. Don't pretend like you weren't trying to win that. Like y'all were, and everybody knows it. You know it. We know it. The players know it. So does the whole. So does the whole federation. So like we all were watching. We all saw it. You guys wanted that. We wanted that. That was a good thing. And we at least now get to say here as U.S. fans that you know we don't have to live. Well, we can't beat Mexico. And I still don't know that Greg Berhalter is the right guy. I still don't know that I love the whole process that produced Greg Berhalter but pretty important for him heading into the summer that he can actually notch a victory against Mexico. So that at least we know he can manage a side that can do it even under some of those ridic ridiculous circumstances where the other manager gets tossed out where, you know, there's penalty kicks that are controversial. So, you know, at least you get that going for him too. Mm -hmm. uh, poor Clint Dempsey on the set on the pre-match show, just reminded of his record against Mexico yeah. lack thereof delivering goals. Uh, against that side. I, I thought the broadcast team was very good. It was a very fun watch. Um, there was that moment. I don't know what happened. Was that halftime when it looked like someone was running around and jumped over a railing? Chaos, absolute chaos in Denver. Um, How about everyone all this line? Is this man alive? He tweeted out the video. Does anybody know? Is this guy alive? Some guy. How far was that drop? Jumped over the railing and everybody just looked down. He disappeared. Like, how far down does that go? Did he? Is he still falling? Has he landed yet? Could be. Maybe he's the dude that maybe like he somehow got picked up and thrown at the U.S. players later in the match. Or maybe he was the dude that ran on the field later in the match. I mean, we also had the return of all of that from the chant, which, you know, we've talked about it before. That's that's, you know, sort of a, a conversation for somebody else. But, you know, <laughs> into the projectiles and into the chaos of of pitch invaders and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it had every element of a big time USA, Mexico, CONCACAF final. Mm -hmm. And Zach Steffen exits with an injury. Hopefully he's all right. That was a negative. How about Ethan Horvath though? I mean, right? stop it. there's your positive, man. I mean, what a moment for him. Maybe that wasn't the best penalty kick any of us have ever seen, but still like, like what a moment. And then if you've not heard the calls, both in Espanol and in English, Really, you should go find them. both calls were absolutely just phenomenal. As a play-by-play -play guy yourself, Jordan, you, I'm sure, appreciated that. And so would everybody else, regardless of who you were rooting for in that one. Mm -hmm. It was very, very good. Uh, I thought it delivered.
Are you ready to talk? You ready to bring it down? You want to talk SD loyal? What a brutal finish that was, but, but we get a midweek match, Darren, we get a Wednesday match to make it right. Uh, loyal at orange County. I think this is cool because we're going to see the locals on the road for the first time. So they have organized a bus trip. I don't know if it's completely full. This is some information that I should have looked up before coming on the podcast, but here we are. I think they have some spots, maybe, um, reach out to them. They'll have all the information for you. Reach out to the locals. Um, but they do have, they've organized a bus. They're going to orange County. It is the quickest away trip that you have on the schedule and they're taking advantage and it's the first time that they're doing it. So it should be a lot of fun if you want to join them, but it would be cool to see the locals on television, on the road, on television for the first time. Uh, you, you see loyal fans on the road. We saw them in Chandler when we went, we've seen them across the board, but it'll be nice to have the organized support, uh, <clears throat> at an away game. So I don't know the one from Saturday night, we've already talked about it on match day live, the post-match show. So if you want like detailed thoughts on that match, you can go back and watch that on SD loyals, YouTube channel. Uh, we delivered 30 plus minutes on that match specifically. Um, but one of my main things that night, Darren, and it's, it's probably frustrating at times for people to hear it, but I kind of tend to, I want to know how they respond in the next game always. And that's how I'm going to feel about the game that just happened. So instead of me just being absolutely frustrated with what happened Saturday night against Phoenix, my takeaway was, okay, well, tell me what happens Wednesday against Orange County, because that will determine pretty much how I feel about the Phoenix one. So if we go on the road and we beat Orange County and we pick up four of six points, both on the road against two really good teams, I'm probably signing up for that. I, I feel really good about four out of six points. If we go on the road tomorrow night uh, and lose at Orange County and you're telling me we get one of six and the one point should have been three, then I feel terrible about this stretch. Um, so I don't know, maybe it sounds like a cop out, but I always want to look ahead to the next one. And that usually determines how I feel about the one that just happened. So how do they respond is essentially what I'm saying, but it's a frustrating finish. You got to see how they bounce back. They don't have a lot of time to do it. We'll get two games this week and they're all in the division. So they're rather important. I'm sure you'll uh, see this coming up on match day live on Wednesday night, starting at six 30. We're going to be at Bluefoot, fingers crossed. I know we said this last week, and then something happened where we had to pull the plug on Bluefoot. We ended up at Shakespeare. That was very, very last minute. But we thank them for accepting us and allowing these uh, wandering homeless to pregame and post-match show hosts uh, spot inside of your outstanding establishment. But we are the one hitchhiking on the eight to get there, by the way. Maybe that's what your dream is all about. Maybe you're just sort of wandering around peripatetically looking for a place to broadcast from. I don't know, but we're supposed to be, thank you. We're supposed to be a Bluefoot upcoming this week as San Diego Loyal gets set to face Orange County Soccer Club, 6.30 match day live, either in person or watch us, stream us on the SD Loyal YouTube page. Um, I thought Landon said something, and I'm sure we're going to play this in our opening segment. You know, he said, hey, we really haven't had much of a lead this year, like we've only led for like three minutes and that was against Las Vegas lights. You know, we really haven't led at all. So we need to do a better job learning how to close out matches. I thought that was such an interesting line because I would love to know what it was that the coaches wanted more of. I do think that there is something there about the amount of time that was added six minutes of stoppage time from the fourth official. There was something there, Jordan, I'm sensing that they wanted 
perform better from the substitutes about how to properly waste time but not get a bunch of time added on the way they did. So I'm sort of of the opinion here that that's something that they're going to be working on with their players should they find themselves in a similar situation. Learning how to close down a match is really a skill. It is not something that just happens when you're out there and you're defending and where you're supposed to be and are you supposed to be in the far post or where is train you supposed to be or what are you supposed to do on corner kicks and all that sort of stuff. Part of it also very much feels like how you come in and out of the match as a substitute or as a player who's being replaced somehow factored into the amount of minutes that were added, which clearly set up the situation that allowed Phoenix to equalize there in the 97th freaking minute. Okay. So I do understand the concept of learning how to close out a lead. I totally get it. And it is something that the team will probably have to learn. We also have to learn how to close out a half with a lead or with a deficit or with a draw, whatever it is. We don't know how to close out a half. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is. Like no matter what the goals are coming in at the end of each half, end of the first, end of the second half, maybe it will balance out over the course of the season, but it is glaring early on right now. Um, it wasn't something that just happened for the first time because they had a lead. They allowed late goals and a half throughout the season so far. So um, I think it might be a little bit more than just the lead part. And they know that. So that's something now think about it Wednesday night in orange County. If we're up to one rolling into the 75th minute, are you rolling? Are you going into the final 15 confident that you can close that out on the road? Or do you become a little shaky knowing what just happened in Phoenix? Um, that's going to be a very, very telling part if we're put in that scenario. And I hope we are. I hope we are in that scenario, in that situation where we're up by a goal and we need to prove it for a lot longer than just five minutes. Like they need to prove it, give it like a good solid 30 plus minutes to hold it out and not park the bus. That's not what I'm saying. Not like learning to pass it around and not add stoppage time to the end of the half. Like actually still be confident and push forward. And I mean, you got guys like Miguel Berry, that guy can throw up a hat trick in 30 minutes if he wants. Right. So let it, let it ride. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's where I am. You know, it's like, I thought about it, you know, when we got up on Sunday, I started thinking about it, you know, did SD loyal leave some goals out there? Yeah, they did. I mean, I went back and I watched some of the highlights, you know, there was one play, you know, where Elijah could have dropped it off for, for Corey, and I'm not just saying that because I picked Corey and picked kick, you know, there were other opportunities where, you know, maybe Jack left it off for Toomey, you know, late in the second half, like maybe there should have been a better result there. You know, there was a time where somebody hit the post. Did they start defending, you know, going defensive too early? Like, you know, I'm sure that's something that the coaching staff thought about as well. The time wasting, which we just, you know, should Trey Muse have done better on that final kick of the game for Phoenix. Oh, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. Like, you know, he got his hand on it. You know, where was Charlie going? Was Charlie supposed to stay on that back post? I don't know. We're not the tacticians, but if you go back and you watch the video of that final play, then there's also this, maybe Phoenix rising is just really freaking good. You know, they took 32 shots in the match and they lead the USL championship with 133 shots in six games. So like they just keep firing, they just keep firing and firing and firing and they're never out of it until the final whistle, whenever that comes. And we all felt like it came way too late, but you know, we're, we're partial. I know Alejandro Guido was tweeting about that last night. What are they going to do? Just give them every opportunity to equalize this. You know, it's funny, you know, you and I talked about it before the match. If you would have said, Hey, two, two in Phoenix, you sign up for it. Fuck. Yeah. Like no questions asked. 
okay, but you got a two nil lead going into stoppage time. Ah, oh, man, total gut punch. Yeah. You know, before the match, Landon and staff totally would have signed up for a two, two draw Rick Schantz and Phoenix rising probably would not have yet. You know, one side felt like it lost the match. The other side felt like it sort of like stole a point, even though they dropped two points at home which somewhere down the road might come back to, to haunt them. So, you know, like it's just one of those like real mind twisters there on a Saturday night out in the desert. I can tell you this though, June 19th can't come quick enough hmm. at home in our building, Phoenix rising again, like that can't come quick enough for me. Yeah. It was suffocating at the end of that match with the amount of corner kicks that Phoenix had. It just felt like you were, yeah, it was just wave on wave on wave on wave and you couldn't break it. Like you were just, you were suffocating out there and eventually two went in brutal, yeah. brutal. I mean, so now they get orange County, San Diego, seventh place out of eight teams in the Pacific. They have played the second most matches. Los Dos have actually played seven. San Diego was six, one win, one draw, four losses. They have scored seven. They have allowed 13. They have four points through six matches so far. Orange County, they have only played four. They have six points. Um, so with a win, we jump Orange County, but we played a few extra. And that's where we stand right now. It's a good thing. It's a longer season, Darren, because if this was your 16-game season, it is a much different story right now. Um, we'll find out. But that's what it felt like to me. It was just a suffoc. It was like you were suffocating in the ocean with those corner kicks is what it felt like Saturday night. The clock was moving so slow, mm -hmm. you know? where you look like first they put up six and you go, how, I mean, how do they get to six? I still can't quite figure that out, but good news. Jordan is the club uh, tweeted out some pictures of training this week and mm -hmm. a familiar face. Grant Stoneman was available. Also, let's not forget loyal went into wild horse pass stadium without Alejandro Guido, who is, you know, the number 10, hopefully he can return. Maybe that's a little bit of, management here for um physically whatever's going on with him lower body it was described to us but maybe that's a product of three matches in seven days <clears throat> excuse me um so you know you also had to play without him which is you know certainly always um <laughs> not to our advantage we know that so you know hopefully getting some reinforcements here and like you said you know pick up three points at orange county not easy to do back to back but my god this team has done nothing but play away anyway and then all of a sudden you return back home and you're sitting there in fifth place before you get set to host la galaxy two on saturday night yeah i think the worst part is you had a real chance just to do something to the confidence of phoenix and now confidence uh, phoenix just feels like they can do anything like if you're a phoenix podcast right now you're probably saying we gave San Diego a two goal lead into stoppage time. We had players missing on international duty who were already scoring against San Diego the first time around. And we still were able to get a point in that situation. Like they feel there's no team in the West that has taken any points or that has beaten them yet. Uh, we're the first one to take points from them, but they're confident after that one. Like that could have been something where you're like, all right, Phoenix, like it's going to be a battle again, but they probably feel like they're flying high after that. Um, we'll see how San Diego feel after the orange County match. Anything else? We're going to Bluefoot. You mentioned, I am excited for that. Uh, Shakespeare's one week Bluefoot the next. So it's kind of like going to both, uh, champions league final watch parties, uh, home of Chelsea now home of Manchester city. We're going to both. Um, I'll bring the champagne. I'll bring the champagne to, to Bluefoot. That'll be fun. I'll, 
I like that. Are, are the uh, citizens invited? I mean, you guys can come hang with us too. It's I mean, their house. It's their house. I mean, I, we love it. So we'll see you guys there. Join us. Yeah, I will just say also, shout out to uh, Hercules Gomez and Sebastian Salazar. They host a show on ESPN Plus called Football Americas. Was watching it last night. I wanted to see what they had to say about USA and Mexico. And they did a segment on the USL. And they showed Rubio Rubin and Jack Blake's bangers. They showed both of those goals. Apparently, one of the producers on Football Americas on ESPN Plus is Rubio Rubin's brother, hmm. Alejandro Rubin. That's, I mean, if I heard it correctly, I'm pretty sure that's what they were saying. So I thought that was great. So they showed both uh, both Rubio and uh, Jack Blake's goal. Great to see Blake get it going, too. He's leading the USL in shots, had a nice little step over there, scored the second goal of the match. And Rubio just goes out there, man. What a presence he is physically. Like, that's the other part about it, too. You know, you don't feel like this was some sort of, like, well, gosh, like everything broke their way. And they finally fluked their way into some sort of, uh, situation where they were, you know, in a position to pick up all three points on the road. You know, you actually felt like, yeah, like this team now is going to go toe to toe with Phoenix rising, but we'll have to wait and see on, on six one nine day at full capacity. If that's actually true, it's easy for you and me to sit here and say it on the post-match show and on the podcast. But, you know, we also got to sort of back that up when you see him for the third time coming up two Saturdays from now. Yeah, it was good news about uh, Stoneman. Potent- I don't know if he's going to be playing at all, but the fact that he's out there training, that's an indicator that if he's not playing tomorrow, he's probably playing this weekend or at least available to play. Uh, did you see that they tweeted out a video with Paul Ariola? I did not. Yeah, Loyal Select tweeted this out, and it's Paul talking about how great it is that there is the opportunity for local players to develop here and to be attached right away and just have a system. So check that out. Loyal Select, SD Loyal retweeted it. But our guy, Paul Ariola doing stuff for San Diego Loyal, giving SD Loyal a lot of love in that video. By the it's, way, impossible. it's impossible to watch that video and not think what Paul Ariola would look like in a Loyal jersey, guys. So I know that's probably not where he's going to be now, but... He's, you can me? He's hanging around with his new owner, Mark Ingram. And speaking of owners, Jordan... How exciting was it to see DeAndre Yetlin going back to where we started this podcast, starting for the U.S. men's national team again? I was like, wow, DeAndre Yetlin. And he played a boatload of minutes in that one. He came off in extra time, mm-hmm. and I thought he played pretty well. I mean, I thought he had a pretty good match. You know, there were some pretty disappointing performances, I thought. I mean, I'll, and I'll just say, like, Serginio Des looks completely lost here with the men's national team. And I, I can say that objectively as a Barca supporter. I don't know why they can't get Yunus Musa out there. I mean, he's probably going, well, what did I come here for? But maybe he'll have to wait and see what happens. But, you know, there was some Tim Ream, I thought, you know, predictably, what, what do you, what do you expect? Especially with that speed, you know, down the right. But I back to the original point, since we're talking loyal, like I thought it was just great to see Deandre Yedlin back out there again. And it made me think, Hey, Deandre, you're in the States. When are we, are we going to see you Saturday night at Torero Stadium? Are we? I I don't know. Are we? <laughs> if he is there, he better be on Match Day Live if he's floating around. I swear to God, if you guys do not send him down to Match Day Live, I quit. <laughs> 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 we must talk to DeAndre Yedlin. I, we'll forget Saturday. I mean, shouldn't he be there Wednesday at, at Bluefoot, North Park? Sure. Send him. I'll, let's drink with Yedlin. I'm down. We'll slam a few pints. I, I'm in. I'm in. Happy to see that. 
Yeah, that was good. It is fun because it's been like we were we were talking about Yedlin not too long ago. Like we're now all of a sudden Yedlin, he's on the mind. He's an owner here in San Diego. He's starting for the U.S. men's national team in a match everyone wanted, Darren. So that's good stuff. Um, we're pretty much up against it here. Do we have time for any other news? Um, if you were me, would you do a radio show with this voice? <laughs> you actually do sound good. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what you want to hear right now, but honestly, I think you sound good. Right, now this was you. a 30 minute podcast. I don't know what, how you sound after three hours. How about three hours of talking baseball later? Yeah. <laughs> you might sound like a, no, I won't say it. Um, um, uh, well, I just want to say, I mean, the very uh, last thing I have is, you know, now locally it is being reported. It's been, lo it's been reported out of market that San Diego is going to get an NWSL expansion club. And it is the expansion club that was supposed to go to Sacramento, just like MLS was supposed to go to Sacramento. NWSL was supposed to go to Sacramento. We saw reports that it was headed here. Now it's been reported locally through the Union Tribune that, in fact, is going to happen. I don't know that any of this, if you follow this sort of stuff, is uh, all that news. What's the right word? I don't know that any of this is all that groundbreaking, but Jill Ellis will be the club president. She's not going to be the coach, former U.S. women's national team manager. She's going to be involved on the executive level. We saw the former Manchester United manager's name mentioned again. Um, but you know, all but a, a certainty here. I don't know that this has been a, a well-kept secret. People are waiting for the club itself to make the announcement or NWSL to make the announcement. But what was reported in Sacramento a couple of weeks ago is now being reported here locally with the union Tribune that in fact, NWSL is heading to town. My understanding is they're going to start in a very crowded Torero stadium in 2022. And then the idea is that they're going to find their own, Stadium. I don't know that they're going to go to San Diego State, but they're going to find uh, – I'm led to believe they're going to be searching for opportunities both in the city and in the county with maybe a bit of a lean towards uh, the county side of it, you know, thinking North County. So nothing for sure. We know it's difficult to find any spare land here and certainly get stuff built. But, you know, what, what, what we've been – what's been whispered about for quite some while now seems like it's becoming more and more of a reality that we're going to get a women's club, Jordan. How about that? How about that? Um, I wish I was able to read the full thing. It, it was published this morning. Is that what you said this morning? I think We're recording so. at like 7 a.m., guys. It's early for us. So yeah, but we um, what I have, it's coming 2022. Like you said, Torero, it's going to be crowded. Uh, football plays there. Men and women's soccer for USD play on that field. SD Loyal will play on that field. NWSL. They don't have a name yet. That gets announced this summer, it sounds like. Um, I believe the story said name, mascot, colors. I think that's what it said. Um, and then, of course, the rugby team going to be there as well. Very busy Torero Stadium. Um, I will tell you, like, a little bit behind the scenes, just from school sides, a lot of sports were just playing in the exact same season, which is pretty uncommon. Football was playing in the spring for USD. They had basketball going, soccer going. They had every single sport being played at the same time. And schools across the country did. And so they really had to, a lot of schools were stretched and had to like deliver multiple sports, multiple venues on the same night. Um, and USD, I thought, did really, really well with it. So they're taking on football, men's, women's soccer, Loyal, Legion, and NWSL in 2022. Very, very busy Torero Stadium. Um, all right. 
Anything else we need to get to? I think that's a wrap, my friend. Jordan, I think that's a wrap. We just got a text message from my building manager that they're shutting off my water in 35 minutes. So the hits just keep on coming for me today. Maybe I should just go get back under the covers. Okay, go take your shower. This should be my only contribution to society today. Bluefoot, Wednesday night. (coughs) Bluefoot, Wednesday night, 6.30. I'll send that clip to your boss. All right, see ya.